everybody! Welcome to the Good Evening Kitties podcast, a Tales from the Crypt review. My name is Melissa, your ghostess with the mostess, and today's episode is Season 6, Episode 2, Only Skin Deep. As always, John Kassir does the voice of the Crypt Keeper and Danny Elfman does the theme song. This episode aired October 31st, 1994. It was directed by William Malone, who also directed 1999's House on Haunted Hill. The screenplay was by Dick Beebe, or Beebe? Dick Beebe is kind of funny. It stars Peter Ornorati from movies like Goodfellas and Cop Rock, Sherry Rose, who also played Vendetta on an old Tales from the Crypt episode on a dead man's chest, and also she was in Tales from the Crypt's Demon Knight, Stephen Liska from movies like Maverick, and Diane Delacio from movies like Renegade Force. This is kind of a strange one. It's fun, and I know a lot of people like this one, Only Skin Deep, because it's kind of weird and different. Uh, so let's get into it. This interesting, strange, should I say sexy episode? I mean, it's definitely aggressive sex with masks on, but I don't know if I'd be all like, yes, yeah, hot. <laughs> so I'll get into it. Here we go. Let me read the back of the box here, the description. She's hot, not. A man discovers too late the secret of a sexy masked woman he meets at a party. So this episode opens up, obviously, of course, as it always does, with the Crypt Keeper. He's having a good time playing poker, and I guess it's a, something to do... The theme here is probably something to do with, like, bluffing and things not looking as they appear. Uh, there's a heart being bet in the poker till. There's, let's see, it looks like maybe, like, a watch and, like, some rings and cash coins, a bracelet, but someone just bet a heart and put a spade through it, like a digging spade, a shovel. And there's a lot of fun poker puns. And there's two other skeletons, though, and they have cigars in their mouths. And the, he has, like, a cute little bow tie and the little, like, uh, the green hat that some of them wear when they, like, deal cards and stuff. But yeah, he's having fun playing poker with his buddies, and he brings in the episode. So this episode is all about Carl. Carl is played by Peter Onorati, and he is a jerk. He is an aggressive, abusive jerk. So it's Halloween, which is nice because this episode came out on Halloween. So it's like, I, I mean, I guess it's Halloween night. Someone's having a party. Some of their, some of Carl's friends are having this party. They got this band playing. Everyone's got fun costumes, like a jester. I think like Marie Antoinette. Someone's a devil. I mean, everyone's dressed up pretty well. And some people are, some guys like I think Jimi Hendrix, it looks like, and just everyone's having a good time, drinking, eating, partying. And it's kind of a, a kind of a long, not long, but I mean, it's a, it's an involved scene. You know, there's a lot of people at this party at this house. And in comes in Carl, and Carl is dressed as a pirate. And it's like not the best costume. I mean, I think, I think it's, I think this party's supposed to be like a masquerade or something. But he comes in with like this, just whatever, stripy pirate kind of outfit. Not even a hat or a sword or anything, but he's just got like this golden mask over his eyes. And he comes in and he gets meet by his friend Bob, played by Steven Liska. And Bob's like, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. You need to just go. And he's like, what? No, I thought we were friends. And you're going to listen to her side? So like, obviously they've been, they broke up. I think Carl might already be like a little drunk when he shows up. But he like comes in and Bob is dressed up as Abe Lincoln. Abe Lincoln. Did you say Abe Lincoln? No, I say Abe Lincoln. I said, hey, Blinken. And has like the the stove pipe hat and everything and he's actually got a gunshot wound in the head like in the front of his head which is a bit morbid but yeah like i said everyone's going out there's like a medusa in here too with like the little snakes or something 
everyone's having a good time, but Carl is here and Bob is not happy about it. And he's like, just don't ruin it. You don't need to be here. So he grabs a drink. And I think it's just straight alcohol. I think he just poured vodka in with some ice and like a lemon. And Linda comes up behind him. Like he doesn't come up to Linda, but she comes up and she's like, I can't believe you're here. What are you doing here? You believe everything she told you I did. Look, Carl, I don't know what to believe, all right? All I know is that you've got to go because Myra promised Linda you wouldn't be here tonight. I guess Myra lied, huh? Looks like I'm going to have to get my own drink. Where's the bar? Carl, Carl, come on, don't do this to me. Don't do this to you? Hey, Bob, relax, man. Just one drink. I'm out of here. okay look no one will even know i'm here unbelievable either you're the ballsiest guy on the planet or the stupidest i'm fine linda how are you i guess i'm gonna need a court order to keep you away from me after all oh you're always so melodramatic Why'd you come here? What did you think was going to happen? I was going to see you and throw myself at your feet? <laughs> you can't uh, force people to love you. No matter how many times you hit them. You think it's easy as that? You want out and it's over? Yeah, I do. And it is. You know, silly me, thinking I gave you what you deserved. <sighs> I've done that. So he's kind of getting the hint he's not wanted, but he's still really mad. And I'm kind of worried for Linda. I'm like, oh, God. Bob's like, what's going on? He's like, nothing. He pushes Bob. And he's like, you know what? Fine. So he's going to go. He's supposed to leave, I think. But then instead, he like makes a detour into the kitchen. And he walks in and there's no one else in this kitchen except for this woman. But this woman is wearing, it's kind of a creepy mask. If you haven't seen this episode, Only Skin Deep, go check it out. I do like the way the mask is designed. It's just all pale and plain, but it's got a couple little cracks in it and then her eyes. And the mouth, I think, is more just like her mouth or it's like the way it's built, the mouth moves pretty well. Like it's almost like a half mask where you can see her talking and like it's not super impeded on her her speech. She's also got like this blonde hair that's kind of scraggly. It comes down and she's wearing, it looks like a leather garbage bag, but it's some sort of like tight leather dress with like leather gloves and boots. And she's sitting on the counter of this kitchen that is not hers. And she's just eating like maraschino cherries out of this jar. And Carl comes in and he's being a little toddler and just pitching a fit, throws things around. And she's like, certain wrongs deserve certain justifiable actions. I don't disagree. Thanks. Listen, uh, not to be rude or anything, but uh, what are you? <laughs> no, I mean, costume. I'm a body bag. I thought the invitation said, come as you are. Well, how are you a body bag? A synthetic shell with a corpse inside. I mean, I like her outfit. I like the way she is. She's kind of just laid back, doing her own thing, not really out there with the party. Her costume's not quite what the party was looking for, I would think. Everyone else was some sort of, like, historical figure or something. And she's like a walking corpse, almost the way she looks. And you find out her name is Molly. 
Molly and Carl start talking and at one point they're talking in the kitchen and she's like really hot because she's in leather, right? So there's like this zipper in the front of her jumpsuit dress thing and she goes to undo it and you see, you know, her cleavage and it's very sweaty and immediately Carl is like, hey girl. And I'm like, and she even has this line Molly does where she's like, I am so weary of being hit on. And then he hits on her. You can't really see her facial expressions, but you can tell she's just like, wow, you're dense. She's like, you want to get out of here? And he's like, cool, let's go. And I'm like, wow, he got over that other chick real quick. Or I guess, I mean, he's not going to get anywhere with her anyway. And he's probably going to get arrested if he stays here. One glance of sweaty cleave and Carl will follow anyone home. He's like, I don't know who this weirdo is. I don't even know what her face looks like. He's like, I don't care. Let's get out of here. Molly and Carl leave the party. And they get back to her place and it kind of looks almost like, almost like an abandoned warehouse. It's kind of lived in, like there's a bed, like, well, there's a mattress. There's a mattress and it's a lot of space. And then there's like two bedrooms, one you can't see into yet. And then like this small little kitchenette, like they do apartments in movies, especially like in New York, where it's like little bitty sink, little bitty fridge. Everything's kind of mildewy. There's like an old couch. And I mean, it looks abandoned, but this is where she lives. And so she starts ripping off her leather pleather or whatever she's wearing. And he goes over and starts to make them a drink at this little rinky-dink kitchen. So she takes her whole leather outfit off and she's just in like a black bra and underwear. And she's just hot. She's like, whew, wiping the sweat off of her sitting on this couch. And he turns around and he's like, wow, she looks great. The mask, I feel like could come off, but she still hasn't taken it off. And she's also got like this choker collar on and he's still got his mask on too. Keep in mind, he's still dressed as a little pirate. So he gets her a drink. And it's funny because he does this line here where like it's kind of supposed to be sexy, I guess. I think he either says like, are we going to have sex or should we have sex? And it totally like kills the mood for her. Am I wrong or are you making sexual overtures here? Mm. I don't do overtures. The curtain either goes up or stays down. You gonna have sex? Should we have sex? I don't know. I just thought I'd kick back and let the breeze take me wherever it goes. In her head, she's like, what did you think I brought you here for? Like, what a weird question. I mean, I appreciate that he's being consensual. So there's a lot of, you know, grabbing and stuff on the couch. It's a very um, sexual episode. They'll do this, right? But they're going to have some rules. So I think it's only for tonight. And the masks are going to stay on. No names. That's what they're agreeing to. She's like, cool. Sounds good. He's like, great. Let's do it. And so then they go on to have fairly aggressive sex, uh, especially for a Tales from the Crypt episode. This is probably one of the more graphic ones. In fact, the only other one that really stands out to me offhand is on a dead man's chest. And it might actually been her doing that scene where it was like in the beginning and they were, they were having sex where they were talking or whatever. So it's super aggressive. They're both naked. You got very white male booty. Um, they're not even on the bed. They're on the floor on like a towel, like an old towel. She's still got the mask on. He, so does he. And they're facing each other. He's just being real aggressive. And you can't even see her emotions because she's got this mask on. And she's just talking to him. And like, she's telling him to like, let all his aggression out into her. Like she, almost like she's going to like feed on it. And he's like, all right, that sounds cool. So it gets even more aggressive. And I think, uh, let's see, I think he, yeah, he flips her over. And again, it's very graphic to the point where he's, he's going so hard on her there that uh, like she's got nails or something in her hand where she's squeezing and she's like bleeding in her hand. Like it's just this whole thing. And then they show a candle and the candle fades out. And so they're done. It's not a super long scene, but it's enough to where you're like, okay, let's, we got it. Let's, let's move it along. 
And so now it does like a pan shot back into the bedroom. Now they're finally in the bed. Well, Carl is. Carl is sleeping or resting in the bed. Oh yeah, he sees like some dude, like he's kind of having hallucinations where he's seeing some guy screaming in a trench coat. Carl's like, wait, what was that? You know, and then he's like disappears. And he hears like these tinkering noises or like something hitting something. And he starts to investigate. He walks in through the hallway and as he gets to the second bedroom or this other little bedroom, it opens up and Molly comes out. Molly! Is there somebody else here? Is there what? <sighs> Nothing. What the hell are you doing? I'm making a stand. Against what? I mean, I mean, okay, so you're making a stand. What are you, some kind of artist or something? You certainly ask a lot of questions for a guy who wants a dark, dirty, and anonymous. Sorry. And she's like, hey, hey, what's up? Or I guess the door might even already be open. Yeah, she comes out. She has like a little nightgown and she's got a drink. Now she's got like a white choker collar on, I guess, because she's got to match her nightgown because that's also like a cream color. And she's like, oh, I'm just, you know, just working on this stand or whatever. I, I made you this drink. Here you go. He's like, cool, thanks. And I think she makes a point that's like, drink your drink. And I'm like, ah, oh, don't. <laughs> it's going to be bad. Don't drink your drink. But he drinks it. And he starts to feel like they go lay back down on the bed. Because now she's tired. And they're laying there and she's like, I want to go to sleep. He's like, remember when we were together? She's like, you mean like an hour ago? And he's like, yeah, that was so great. Like, I feel a connection with you. And she's like, you can't even see her eyes or anything really, but you can tell in her body movement. She does a good job of portraying. She's just like, oh, no. Yeah, this isn't going to work. <laughs> he starts to take his mask off and he wants to introduce himself. He's like, this is my name. I want to get to know you better. And she's not interested. What happens now? Sleep. Deep. Check this out. No mask. What are you doing? We had a deal. That was before. Nothing's changed. Oh, no, no, everything's changed. You freed me. You showed me how to let it all go, and it's gone. The anger. The need to hurt. Congratulations. I want to know everything about you, Molly. Every detail, right down to your shoe size. Well, that's unfortunate, Carl. I'm not telling. I don't want you to know me. Don't belittle what happened to us last night. I mean, I'm not like the rest of them. I, I wouldn't hurt you. I just want to enrich an already wonderful thing. You hear me? Wake up. Do this to me. I'm sorry. I'm angry at you. I, I don't understand. My last name is Schlag. I'm an accountant, CPA. Please. You will not be here when I wake up. You will be gone, as in out of here, as in forever. And he's saying how he's like, he never heard her. Two minutes later, he like pushes the bed and is getting aggressive because she's denying him. 
And I'm like, dude, first of all, she said no. She also said in the morning, I want you to be gone. She's like, I'm going to sleep now. So obviously she's not that scared of him. Though she also gave him a drink with something in it and he had a chance to leave, I suppose. They made an agreement. It was consensual. Your masks stay on, no names. One night and then get out. He's being an ass about this. So he's all mad now. And then he like gets like aggressive and he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I just, I, you know, I'm, a, I'm an accountant and all this stuff. And she's like, oh my God, shut up. I don't even think they've kissed really or anything. This is one of the episodes where you're like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen to him, but let it happen. Because <laughs> sometimes in the other episodes, you're like, eh, I don't know if they deserved all that. Or, you know, they're not like completely bad. They just made a bad decision. But no, this guy just, he's just a jerk. He just is aggressive and mean towards women and wants what he wants. And she's literally telling him no. And she's like turning away from him. So they end up getting in a fight and an argument. And he's like, fine. He gets up and I think he's feeling a little dizzy now. He's starting to maybe feel the effects of this drink. And he starts, it's funny because he starts looking through like her medicine cabinet and her mail and all the addresses say either like resident or they're all scratched out. So he can't find any name or anything that this woman even exists or who she is. There's nothing in her wallet. There's nothing really in her purse. Who is this woman? And now he's really starting to get drowsy. He heads towards that second bedroom and decides to look in there and it's this old cabinet, free glass panels, but they're really dirty so you can't quite see what's in the panels. And then there's a table with some like lacquer and paint and tools and things like she was actually building something. And he's looking around and he looks straight ahead at the cabinet and you see that she's got these stands and all these stands have faces on them like the skin of people's faces. I think it's mostly guys. Well, one might be a woman, but it looks like guys. Some have beards, some have cockroaches on them. And they've all been skinned off of someone's face. And he's like, whoa, okay, um, I should probably go now. And so he turns to go to leave and he's still dizzy, you know, and he's kind of stumbling into her room. He just comes over and like grabs the bed and wakes her up and he's like, what is going on, you psychopath? Like he's not even, honestly, I don't think he's really all that scared. He just wants to just come at her. Uh, so he takes the sander or the saw, or I guess that's what she's going to use to slice the mask off. It seems like it'd be kind of tough, but uh so they get in a fight and he ends up cutting her hand with it and he's like trying to go at her and he's like, let me see your face, what is going on? Where the fuck are you? Get off of me! Stop it! And he tries to rip at her face and his nails kind of go in through the face and she starts bleeding. It's basically her skin. That is her face. I'm assuming it's the face she was born with. And then I think the drugs fully kick in. Yeah, he like starts going into convulsions. <laughs> her hair, her hair or wig or whatever is just real all over the place now. And she stands up and it's a really creepy shot. It's a good shot of her just because she's so unblinking and just devoid of emotion, even though she can pass a lot of how she feels just through her movements. And she's standing over there looking at, over him with the little saw thing. And then you see her slide down towards his face. And he's like, can't move. It's one of those things where it's like, you're numb from the waist down, but I guess, or from the neck down. And you can't move, which sounds horrifying. I mean, does no one else live in this warehouse apartment? I guess no one hears him screaming. And you just see like some blood splatter. And then it cuts to her in the second bedroom or the other, the little art room. And she's grabbing a paintbrush. She's dabbing a little bit of glue onto the end of the paintbrush or some sort of like cleaner or something. And she's polishing up his face. So she has the stand done, like she built, just a simple little wooden stand. And then she puts his face on it and puts it into the closet. Now, part of me was like, is she wearing these masks as her own face? But I don't think so. Most of them are male faces. She wasn't wearing anything specific. I don't think it would 
pass if she put it on. She also, I, I'm, I'm assuming, goes out on Halloween night because it's a costume. She looks like she wears a costume, costume party, and can get away with this. So she only did this once a year because these masks look pretty decent. So I don't know, maybe it's just a lot through October. But that's what she likes to do. I don't know if she always goes for aggressive men and if he would really have taken the chance and left right after. Would she have let him just leave? Probably not. He probably wouldn't have gotten to leave. But she pulls the drill out and she's picking on the drill and she takes some of the blood and she puts it on her lips like lipstick. Her face is kind of cut up now because he's scratched at her, which other guys have probably scratched at it too. That's why it's probably all dented. And then the drill comes on and he, she puts the masks away and that's the end of the episode. Don't go home with strange women. I don't Don't go home with anyone that lives in an abandoned warehouse. Don't go home with anyone who wears a creepy mask and wants to leave it on while you guys are intimate. Just don't. So again, that's the end of the episode. It cuts back to the Crib Keeper. Now I think you have a poker hand. It looks like it shows some of your cards. You're still playing poker with the Crib Keeper. He's having a great time. <laughs> Crypt Keeper, you're so punny. And the best Crypt Keeper pun is... I guess that's one way to wear a guy out. <laughs> Still, I think Carl and Molly make a hell of a couple. I mean, talk about boo of a kind. So there is a little bit of IMDb trivia for this episode. Season 6, episode 2, Only Skin Deep. The title is based on the common proverb that, quote, beauty is only skin deep, end quote. In the opening, the music playing in the background during the party is by progressive rock band Big Elf with their song, Change. So that's the episode. It's a fun one. It's definitely memorable. Uh, I think the mask is fantastic looking. It's just a strange episode. I, I just wish we knew a little more about what her motives were or why she does what she does, but I guess it really, I mean, it really doesn't matter because this guy Carl's a jerk and he gets what he gets and that's what Tales from the Crypt is about, even though she's still killing people, but... <laughs> Season 6, Episode 2, Only Skin Deep. Check it out. Take a look at the mask. I enjoy Molly's performance in it. I think, like I said, she really conveys emotion without using her face, which is nice. Uh, Sherry Rose, she does a very good job on it. Peter Onorati is good at just being angry. He is kind of scary, but, you know, the stuff that he says or how aggressive he is, it is a bit scary. Uh, so, yeah, that's the end of that episode. The next episode is Season 6, Episode 3, Whirlpool. Thank you all for downloading and listening to this episode review. If you'd like to email me, you can at goodeveningpod at gmail.com with any questions or comments or anything like that. You can also leave a five-star review on Podcast Republic or Facebook or iTunes, and I'll read it on the podcast. You can also follow me on the Facebook page for the Good Evening Kitties podcast, as well as a Twitter page. You can follow me there at GEKpodcast or at GECpodcast. Again, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Bye. I just had quite a